0: Hey guys, Jens here. This episode that we are releasing today is an older episode that was intended originally to be part of a series. Uh, When we launched the Doxology podcast, we were going to do a mini-series on sanctification, starting with holiness and working our way through. I don't exactly remember why we, we changed plans, but we ended up shelving for a later date, but... Uh, Some things came up, you know, Lucas is starting school, we've had some personal stuff going on, so we weren't able to record anything this week. So we're releasing this holiness episode, but we wanted to release this little intro here to let you know because there's probably going to be mention of things that happened way back in March. There might even be lots of mentions of like this series that we're doing, Um, but this is going to be a one-time episode that we'll release and perhaps we will revisit sanctification at another date. Uh, but we wanted to release content still for you on Tuesday, so that's why we're dropping this instead of our regularly scheduled programming. We hope and plan to be up and running again uh, next week, so we will see you then. Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. Uh, my name is Jens Nelson, and with me, as always, is Lucas Stock. Yeah, yeah. And uh, today is Sunday. Uh, we just got back from church, my wife and I. And I guess I haven't really asked Lucas what he did today. So, Lucas, what uh, what's what's going on? What have you been doing today? Uh, I mean, went to church this morning.
1: Uh, had a my pastor's on vacation, so we had a guest a guest preacher and um, pastors are allowed to do that. They can go on vacation apparently, which, you know, <laughs> it's more of like
0: a mission strip.
1: They call it. Yeah. A- yeah. It's, it's a, like a, a retreat, I guess we could, we could say, or like a, like a prayer, a, a week of prayer. I'm sure. I'm sure he's not just <laughs> sleeping in somewhere on the beach. That's funny. <laughs> um, Yeah. But no, he's, he's away. So we had a guest preacher, um, who is, uh, so my my pastor is a um formerly full-time now part-time professor at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Um so he's got a lot of cool connections to people there obviously and um his wife actually is also a professor there. I think she's like the head of the Hebrew department or something. Like whoa. <laughs> she's like a big deal there. Um which is super cool. <laughs> um but yeah, so we had uh, Dr. De Campos if anyone listening goes to Gordon. Um came and, and preached on uh, on anxiety uh, in in Luke was it Luke 12? I don't remember. Um, but it was a really good sermon and he seems like a really cool guy. Um, so that was cool. Sweet. Um, uh, Elaine is out of the country with the youth group at our church in Guatemala on a missions trip, so I'm all by my lonesome for until next Sunday. Um, so I'm wow. stoked stoked to be doing this instead of just
0: sitting, <laughs> sitting around my nothing, butt, <laughs> right? It's funny because like anytime Hannah has gone away for like especially a week, I mean which only ha- I think it's only happened once or twice, but I, it's like what do I do? Like, I, I don't <laughs> I don't actually know what to do with myself. Yeah, so I feel that.
1: It's funny like I have so many things that I if I like in just normal schedule, like. I just imagine if I had time to myself that I'd get all these things done that I want to get done like read all these books, watch all play these these video games, play all these <laughs> games, watch all these movies and TV shows that like that that no one like Elaine doesn't want to watch, so I just end right. up not watching. Um, but then I, I so I think like, "Oh man, I have a week." Not that I'm glad she's gone, but like at right. least oh, I, I'll have like, you know, 7 nights at least where I can you know, catch up on all these like you know anime and video game stuff that i don't get to do because i'm hanging out with her but then it comes and i'm like i'm just gonna sit on the couch and just not (laughs) even do that
0: (laughs) well it's hard because like i i've I've had the same feeling but when you think about it it's like man i can't watch this entire show while she's gone unless i do (laughs) nothing else so it's like i might as well not start because who knows when i'll get this chance again by then i'll have forgotten what the first season was about or whatever (laughs) So I get that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Vicious. Well, that's, it's interesting that you mentioned your, uh, your pastor being gone and being a guest speaker. Cause I actually kind of did the same thing on Wednesday. So, um, the youth pastor who was, was my youth pastor, I was a volunteer in his youth group. Um, he's the one who actually did the ceremony for my wedding. Oh, um, nice. he's a really good friend. He, so right now him and his youth group are on a retreat. They're, they're probably back now, I guess, but this weekend they were on a retreat. And so, um, like a week or so ago, he had asked me if I wanted to preach this past Wednesday because this week was going to be busy getting prepared and mm-hmm. you know writing lessons for that and getting food and everything figured out. So, um, so yeah, like on Wednesday, I gave a little message about um, God's sovereignty and providence, which was a really fun, um, mm, of course, conversation to have. Right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good and uh, very last minute as well. I was asked if I could drum, which oh, wow. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> sat behind a drum set. I realized since August and, yeah. um, I haven't played in that youth band, like on that stage in three years. And even when I did that, it was a completely different band. Like I was looking around at the <laughs> stage of the people with me. I'm like, I've never played with a single one of you. Um, but it was a lot of fun, like getting back up in there. And, yeah. um, I actually didn't know two of the songs either, which is kind of funny. Like I'm not really up on, contemporary Mm. christian music but i did not know two of the songs um the other one was how he loves which i think everyone knows oh yeah Um, so i don't know it was just fun to get to (laughs) play drums to to preach a little bit again and to see you know old students who like i knew when they were in sixth grade now they're seniors in high school and it's just oh that's crazy (laughs) so i guess that's a uh, maybe a good segue into our conversation because when i look at these students who you know they were students that i led in small groups who i you know had conversations with who i hung out with at retreats and you know all these different things um i knew them when they were 12 now they're 18 and i can just see obviously maybe not all of them but in a a number of them i can see their growth as christians their growth um Mm -hmm. in holiness their growth in their sanctification their their love for the lord their knowledge uh, of his word and um so I think that's the good segue into what we're talking about today, because on this episode, we're going to be talking about holiness specifically, but over our next few episodes, the the focus of what we're talking about is this idea of sanctification. Um, and sanctification is essentially our our growth, our maturity, our development as, as believers and as Christians, because we know that uh, we don't just pray a prayer and then boom, suddenly we're, you know, in heaven. Um, we're not. All of a sudden, a perfect believer. We don't know everything we're going to know. So sanctification is sort of that—that that growth, that maturity uh, over the course of our entire lives. It's not a, a process that like we reach a certain point and we're done. Um, but there's there's sort of like stages along the way, so to speak. And so we're we're just going to be touching on a number of those. With with this week being the the focus of of holiness, um, and there's there's good reason for that being the first one. Uh, there's definitely warrant for it in scripture. And so, yeah, Lucas, I guess if we're, if we want, we can just jump right in. So if you would like, uh, do you want to give us a definition of holiness? What's the word even means? What What is holiness?
1: Yeah, yeah I can do that. Um, and hopefully this will become, I, I mean, it's going to come up later if, if, you know, if we don't talk about it now, but, but definitely um, I think it'll be clear as we're going through the topic of holiness, what it is what we know about it, what it means for us today, all that stuff. Um, The the connection and the reason that we're talking about holiness as sort of the beginning of a a little series on sanctification. Um, If if it's not already immediately clear, um, I think it will become clear that um, when we're talking about holiness, or rather, when we're talking about sanctification, really what we're talking about is holiness or or more specifically a certain you know you could say application of holiness so right um that's sort of the 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 reason we wanted to start with holiness as opposed to starting with you know anything else that we could have could have thought of to to talk about with sanctification um and i just think that um it's worth pointing out in case someone's listening and you know they're just like well, wait a second. I thought we were talking about sanctification. Why are we talking about holiness? Well, really, you, you, they're they're intimately linked. They're not the same thing, but they're they're super tied together. Um, right. So, with that out of the way, um, holiness—the the the way I was always taught—I um, think it's a pretty good definition from from what my understanding is. I mean, I think it gives a really good um, picture. Like it helped it helps it helps me at least to really grasp sort of what holiness is getting at. Um, but it means to be set apart, to be to be, you know, to be different, but, but not just different as in two things that aren't the same, but holy, something being holy means that it is something that is set apart from everything else um, in respect to some kind of, you know, spiritual or religious, you know, purity. So we can talk about, you know, like an object being holy an object being sanctified or consecrated. So you think of the uh, utensils and furniture. I don't know if that's the right words to use, but the um, things that were in the tabernacle and the temple. Um, right. So maybe the Ark of the Covenant or, or the altar. The I'm sure they use special like cups and forks and stuff for the when they were cooking the sacrifices and um and you know, eating the holy meal and whatnot. But those things that like it wouldn't just be any old uh, fork that you were using to stoke the the fires or while you're cooking the um, sacrifice because what you were doing was something not every day. The, the, the action of the sacrifice was part of worshiping God. So the objects used in that worship, needed to be holy you needed to be set apart so you couldn't like bring your everyday fork you eat your dinner with to the temple in order to you know for the priest to eat the sacrifice or whatever um, but then more importantly um, holiness also applies to to people or we could say you know organisms so um, ultimately the the being that is, most holy and is is in the fullest sense holy is god um he's he is other you know set apart different distinct than everything else than us than the rest of creation um in his actual essence not just in terms of what he does or things that he is given or anything like that but in his very inner being he is distinct, he's set apart, um, he is, in the fullest sense of the word, holy, because he is pure, separated from sin and evil, um, and he is, above all, above all things, um, and holy doesn't just mean, you know, we might think of, like, you know, a saint, like, maybe, like, Mother Teresa, or, or even, even somebody that, you know, not necessarily just, within the Christian world or whatever, but someone who's really, really, really good by our own standards or really, really nice or generous or something like that. We might think of, think of them as, as holy. And, and that's certainly, like I think that's true. You know, someone who is very Christ-like, who is very, uh, you know, reflects the love of Christ in their, in their actions and how they treat other people and how they live their lives. Uh, that's definitely, I think, correct and good and important to recognize that there's something holy about them um, and, and in their, their their life, but ultimately, and this is where kind of comes back to what I said at the beginning, um, that's because their lives are being sanctified or have been sanctified in their walk with Christ, which has allowed them to sort of participate in God's holiness. Um because God is God, and everything else is dependent on Him, is connected to Him um, for its very being, and that includes us. There's there's nothing, um, you know, there's nothing special about a person or a place or a thing outside of some relationship, connection, or purpose tied to God and His holiness, and. Um, I think that's, you know, very important to highlight the fact that holiness is grounded in God, it's founded in God, and it's based on God, and, and it's not something that is, that can be just, you know, found within myself, or found within somebody else, or found within a special place, or a special event, or anything like that, um, right. and I think that um, is probably a good time, maybe let me know what you think to take a, you know, ask some questions about like, what, what do we know about, like, so I say God is holy and that probably sounds pretty like, yeah, sure. But like <laughs> specifically, like, why do I say that? On what grounds am I saying that? W- what is it? You know, not so much. What does it mean? We kind of got into that a little bit, but like, why, how do we know that God is holy? Like, right. like why is it that we want to say that very firmly and strongly?
0: Yeah, I think um, I, I just wanted to add too, um, just to add further clarification and um, sort of offer a definition that I felt was helpful. Uh, I have this systematic theology by Joel Beakey, and he says that uh, God's holiness means that he is set apart by his glory for his glory. So it has some of that language of, of being set apart, of being mm-hmm. distinct and why he's distinct. You know, so he's set apart by his glory because he's so transcendent. He's so other. And it's for his own glory, for his renown, for his name. Um, the Bible often uses it to speak of, I guess, like moral excellence, moral perfection. Like God is completely perfect, completely um, separate from us as humanity. And I think to answer your question, we we get the notion that God is holy, obviously from Scripture. Um, when when you read, you know, for example, passages like Psalm 99. It's a whole psalm about singing God's praises as the holy one of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, you get you get other examples like Isaiah, um, Isaiah six, where uh, you know Isaiah is in the throne room. So he has this vision, or maybe he's actually there, um, but either way, he's he's in the the year that King Uzziah died. Isaiah um, sees the throne of God, and he sees all these crazy things. You know, he sees angels and cherubim and seraphim, and he he falls down in the dirt, and you know, he's like, "I'm a man of unclean lips. I am I'm am a sinner. I am unclean." And he, he hears these creatures that are like flying with two wings that, you know, they cover their face, they cover their feet. The other two, they fly and they're singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord um, of hosts. The world is full of his glory, which is something that is repeated again in Revelation. We hear a similar song of holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Um, you know, there's that, that famous song. I think it was called Revelation song. Yeah, he used yeah. to always play it in youth group, you know, holy, yeah. holy, holy is the Lord, <laughs> um, you know, who was and is and is to come. Uh, But this idea, especially uh, found in that threefold repetition of holy, 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 Uh, if you're familiar with Hebrew, if you're familiar with um, Hebrew poetry, repetition isn't just because like, oh, it's a really cool word. So we're going to say it a couple of times. But like, you know, Jesus says, truly, truly, Um, these these um, angelic creatures say, holy, holy, holy. Uh, it's, it's emphasizing a point. And especially when it's emphasized three times, it's sort of that, like the epitome of this thing. So God is like the epitome, the pinnacle, the picture of holiness. Uh, he is the, the, the one who is not just set apart because he's, you know, it's not like there's Yahweh and then like these other lesser gods and he's like right. set apart from them. Um, but it's this idea that he is just completely transcendent, completely other, distinct from his creation, distinct in the way that he exists, the way that he um, functions. Uh, he is just not like you and like me. Right. Um, and so that idea that these angelic creatures are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, um, it's giving us this picture that, you know, for Isaiah to see this, you know, he's like, wow, yeah, I am I am unclean. I am a man of unclean lips. I, I am a sinner. Um, God is not. He is clean he is pure he is excellent um so that's i guess an example of Mm -hmm. of you know in scripture where we find this idea that god is holy um and we also find it in the new testament so there's all these examples in the old of of yahweh the the lord of israel being holy being set apart um, and his call for them as the people to also be set apart like you're a, a nation that has been chosen not because you're great great number not because you're mighty but because you're actually the least of the people um i have chosen you because i love you and i am calling you to be like me which is a, a big call for any human to like to be like yahweh to be like the creator the one who is holy um, but that is the charge that israel is given and then in the new testament we find examples of of now the church uh being called to that same thing. And I I don't think the church has replaced Israel. I think the church um, fulfills Israel because um, Israel could never live up to those challenges in and of themselves. There was no way for Israel to actually be holy um, without Jesus, without um, Christ coming to be that sacrificial lamb. And so like, for example, this is actually the passage that our pastor preached on today in in 1 Peter 2. Um, He says, you are, this is 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen race Mm -hmm a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So in there, there was, you know, chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation. And so like, you'd almost think that like Peter, who's a Jew, would be talking about, you know, other Jews talking about Israel. But we know that he's writing to um, elect exiles, who are dispersed all throughout the world in the dispersion and so there's Greeks there's Jews there's you know people from all different places and he's saying you are you as God's church you're a chosen people you're a royal priesthood and a holy nation which all those concepts would have been like profound for any especially Jewish audience to hear Um, But it just it sort of speaks of the magnitude of the realities that we as Christians live in today. And Mm -hmm. I think when we read this as Christians today, we sort of take it for granted because we don't understand the context that these people would have been living in and the, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the ethos, the, um, you know, political ideologies of the day. We just we don't understand what it was to be a first century Jew or Gentile and the profound realities that Peter is trying to communicate to a church that is, you know, facing imminent death. Like you are a chosen people. Like you aren't, you're not random in the world. You're not um, homeless. Even though you're not in your home, you're dispersed abroad in all these weird and crazy places with people that hate you. You are a holy nation. And like, because I mean, he literally says like, you are all these things so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So like as as God's people, uh, we have this call, uh, we have this call to, to be holy, to be holy as, as God is holy. We see that in the New Testament several times, that we have, that we as Christians too are called to be holy, um, like God is holy. And in doing so, um, wherever we find ourselves, whether we're at home, whether we're abroad, whether we're rich, whether we're poor, whether... Um, sick or in health, whatever it is, it sounds kind of like marriage vows, but like <laughs> you know, whatever we find ourselves doing, uh, it's so that in our context of life, we may proclaim his excellencies because of what he's done. He has called us out of darkness and into his uh, marvelous light, which I think also kind of speaks of his own holiness, his, his transcendence. Um, and there's a lot more that could be said here, I think, but I think that sort of gets at your first question about like where we get this idea, yeah. what what the Bible has to say about not only God's holiness, but our own holiness. So
1: Yeah, and like you mentioned, we see this all over both Old and New Testament, the um, the command, the exhortation, the call um, to be holy because he is holy. Be, you shall be holy for I am holy. Um, and this, I think, is really where we see the... Um, the tie between holiness and uh, individual and corporate sanctification here on earth. Um, And, and not just that the two, the two concepts are are tied together, but also sort of how they're tied together in that um, it's, it's God's holiness and his character as the one who has called us out of darkness into his light, the one who has chosen us, the one who has, Made us that royal priesthood and that holy nation. Um, out of that, uh, we, as a as a people group, you know, whether we're talking about, you know, the church, Catholic or or individual like local churches or the Jews in the Old Testament, the Hebrews, um, and also as individual believers who have um, individual relationships with God, um, that's where we develop um, sanctification, which you know righteous personal righteousness and, and and holiness in that sort of ethical sense and um virtue and you know not sinning not that we're talking about reaching you know perfection, perfection in or that a, sense status of god here right. here on earth or that we are um ever going to be you know somehow indistinguishable from God because we're going to become so holy that we you know get to where he or anything like that. Um, but it is this ongoing process of, of growth and and right as sinners who have been made saints, as a priesthood who has been chosen and made holy, um, we are we have the responsibility, we have the privilege, we have the honor, we have the, the blessing the and the ability because of God. To be holy,
0: um, right? And I guess a good, I have a yeah, I have a question that maybe yeah. will help too. Like, so if we if we take holiness or the word holy to mean set apart, mm-hmm. um, so if I if if as we're reading scripture, we come across the the phrase "be set apart," as I am set apart. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think that means for the believer? Like, what do you think, what do you think is being communicated in that sentence? Like, get, maybe yeah. give what you think it means to be set apart because God is set apart. Right.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really that's a really great. Way to sort of think a little deeper and dig into what that means a little more because we're we you know as Christians maybe you know people in church were maybe used to hearing the word holy or maybe we have certain associations and to to sort of substitute that I think helps to uncover another side of what it's what it's getting at which um, I think is kind of twofold um, I think one is sort of revealing something that is true about us as children of God and then um, also um, revealing something that is sort of, I guess you could say, expected of us or commanded to us. Um, so I think that the fact that we, you know, if you look at uh, what, what Peter is saying in, in, in 1 Peter 2, um, you look at uh, a lot of the introductions to Paul's letters where he's, he's addressing the churches and like the way that he addresses them, um, I think also even like First John, um it, it, and, and i mean i wouldn't be surprised if this is true in every book <laughs> um except the the narrative ones i guess but the um as believers as christians as those who have been chosen by god who who are his children who are his people um we are set apart in, in that sense we are sanctified in in, in a way you know in a, in a more past tense way we are um, those who have been marked off as different you know Mm. we are vessels that have been uh consecrated for his use um if if you think of um romans 12 and and the call to be a living sacrifice if you think you know sacrifice the image of 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 the the liturgical you know worship in in the temple and 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 not and not just of jews but like all religions have have pretty much i'm not gonna say all I'm, i'm not an expert but like you know, generally speaking, like sacrifice wasn't a uniquely Jewish idea, but like there, you know, the idea of the, of tools and vessels being set apart for use in a worship service of some kind. Um, that's just something that's true about us because we are God's people, because we are, um, you know, his body here on earth, um, as believers, that's something that is objective and um unchanging about us a- as we are in the faith is that we 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 are not children of wrath as we once were but we are um I forget how the the verse goes but we're we're now children you know we were in the in the kingdom of darkness and we have been transferred into the kingdom of of light um right. we we were dead we are now alive so there's this there's this objective setting apart has happened to us if if we are believers, um, mm. and then also um, there is a call to sanctification in the sense that we might more typically think about it, where um, because we are believers and because God is holy, uh, we need to be set apart from the world, from from those around us, uh, in terms of our conduct, our our thoughts, our beliefs. Um, we are called to be salt and light. Jesus says that you are in the world, but you are not of the world. And that's because we are people who have been set apart and and need to be um, set apart, you know,'re we're, we're sort of, you could say like ontologically set apart by being baptized into Christ's death and and raised
0: to new life in him. Um, but right, but we also did say a couple of weeks ago that just because you're baptized doesn't necessarily mean that you are a Christian. There are probably tons of people who have gone through immersion or sprinkling who actually aren't part of the church. So then I think that's where it touches <laughs> on the second part that you're saying.
1: Yeah, and I think that would be an interesting conversation for another time of—we of, of, we might have some slightly different views on, on certain nuances with that, but not not the main idea, which is what you're saying, which is— what I would probably want to phrase it something like those people are failing to live as they should, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, they are, they are failing to take hold of the gift that was given to them that they might not even realize, or they might think they realize, but, but they don't. Um, and what I mean by that is if they're, if they were, if they were baptized into the church, what that, what that is supposed to be, is a baptism into Christ, as as Paul oh, says right. in Romans six, and right. and that is supposed to, um, ac- or, or uh what it what is supposed to accompany that is, uh, faith and repentance, and and um, that leads to, the, active, um, aspect of being set apart in terms of right. how I speak, how I think, how I, uh address and and interact with others how what i believe about the world and what i do and um so i so you know a little long-winded a little rambly but i think the the answer to your question is is what does it mean to be holy as god is holy to be set apart um as a person or, or a group today i think is something that is true about us that god has already done in calling us to be you know, calling us into his church and then um, and then also the 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 call and the challenge and the command side of it, which is you, if we are, you know, if we are branches of the vine, then we're gonna bear fruit and right. we are called to bear fruit and we will bear fruit by the grace of the Holy Spirit, not of our own power or our own merit or our own abilities, but we do, not to be, you know, not not to be uh, you know, throwing any judgments or, you know, like formulas for figuring out if someone's a believer or not, but just in a very general sense, um if you abide in Christ then and he in you then you will bear fruit. If the Holy Spirit, you know, is in you then you will bear the fruits of the spirit. And That's not that, you know, I don't mean to say that that's like an automatic thing where, you know, the day you become a Christian to the day you die is just a straight line up. Um, Of course, that's not true because we still live in a fallen world. And we are, you know, as Luther said, we are we are simultaneously just and sinner that we we are still because we are fallen humans and that have not yet been glorified in, in, you know, the new heavens and the new earth. We still deal with sin. Even even when we're Christians, so um, we need to be striving not in a you know sort of um, works based my own power and my own abilities thing, but we need to be seeking after those things which reflect the reality of who we are in Christ. Which which right. um, taken together, I think uh, is what. It looks like or what it means to be
0: holy as god is holy right and i think one helpful verse even that came up when you said that you mentioned romans 12 but another part of it is that like do not be conformed to this world Mm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind right um that that picture of you know do not be like those around you because you are called to be set apart you're called to be different and like you said look think act behave differently um, and I also like the idea that you touched on like sanctification, like it's interesting that salvation, um, that it has both what well, has all, um, past, present and future aspects. Like there is the reality that we have been saved. Like we, we are not under wrath. We are not condemned. We have been justified, but at the same, it's almost like that idea of like justification. So that's that moment that we are declared righteous. We're declared holy in the sense that our like jesus's holiness is accounted to us Um, that's like the past tense that has happened to believers but at the same time there is that process that ongoing process that continues through all of life which we might call sanctification so the first one was justification then sanctification and that's that process of growing in holiness and then there's going to be the reality in which in the future we are glorified or made perfect, no longer um, you know, prone to sin, no longer prone to the effects that the fall has had on this world. And the Bible talks about all three. You have been saved. You are being saved. One day you will be saved if you mm-hmm. persevere to the end. Um, so I really like that imagery because, again, holiness is tied into all of it. And I also thought it was helpful. Um, I found another example of um, something that R.C. Sproul said, and mm-hmm. for me, I, I forgot I didn't even say this in the beginning, um, but this idea of holiness, like the moment that I was, I guess you know, captivated uh, by God's holiness, was actually in reading R.C. Sproul's book called "The Holiness of God." It was the first time that I had really he- like heard someone talk about the word, other than someone saying like, "Oh, holy cow," you know, <laughs> "Holy right. crap," you know, using it as sort of like a um, like a "Whoa, crazy" type um, you know cry or whatever. Um, so he, R.C. Sproul says. Um that God's holiness signifies everything about God that sets him apart from us and makes him an object of awe, adoration, and dread to us. So I thought that's a really good um, picture again, of of God's holiness. like mm, it, yeah. it signifies everything about him. Um, but that it's also, it like makes him an object of awe and adoration. Like, so for right. me, when I read God's holiness for the first time, I was sort of captivated by like the beauty that is God's own holiness and then was challenged, like cut to the core of what it meant that like I was called to be holy, like like he is holy. Um, and so, yeah, I think we, we've sort of answered the question so far of, you know, what is holiness, um, what it means that we should be holy because God is holy um, and we've also sort of talked about, like, the, practic- the practical, you know, implications of-, of holiness in Christian living today. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you feel would be good to add here as we talk about holiness in, in-, in ourselves and in God?
1: Yeah, I-, I wanted to also bring it back to, um, to the church, to-, to sort of think through, okay, God is holy. He's set apart. Um, you know, He he's perfect. He's He is totally, utterly other than us. He, he is free of sin. And as a believer, God has saved me from my sin and called me to live, you know, a life set apart from the world, set apart from sin, set apart from my old way of life, you know, being children of, of grace after being children of wrath. I get all that. Um, but I wanted to, to make it a little... Even more concrete in a certain way it, it, to answer the question that I was thinking of is like okay, I get that is sort of the what that's sort of the goal that's sort of the you know why um, and even to a certain extent I understand that you know how does that happen it's it's by God doing it but I really wanted to get a little more a little more firm and solid on how can I how can we be made holy. As he is holy, how can I be set apart? Not just what does it mean for me to be set apart, but how can that happen? Um, and I want to submit that the, you know, in short, the answer is the church. And I'll explain a little bit what I mean by that. Um, the The one holy Catholic and apostolic church, uh, Ephesians 1.23, tells us that the church is the body of Christ The fullness of him who fills all in all, which I'm always struck when I when I read that the church, you know, the place, (laughs) not just the individual congregations, but the church, which is expressed in the place I go to every Sunday morning and the people that I, you know, say hi to in the coffee hour and that and that, you know, I bump into and that I don't know very well, but I want to get to know better. Um, and I and you know the 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 organization that I, I give my tithe to and stuff the church. Paul tells us is the fullness of Jesus, which if that's not enough, he kind of reminds us Jesus is the one who fills all in all. <laughs> so I don't even you know we could probably spend forever just meditating and talking about that, but the church is the fullness of him who fills all in all um, because it's the body of Christ. Um, and as we've said before earlier, you know, by grace, we have been saved and that results in us being transferred into the kingdom of the son, which means we can receive his holiness as a gift. And that's, you know, we're, we'll get into this, I think in a couple weeks, a couple of episodes, but what, he is and possesses as God by nature. We are given as a gift by, by his grace. Um, So without it, we
0: couldn't achieve it. Like we, there's no way,
1: not even not. It wouldn't even be like, oh, we would fail. Like it's such a, uh, (laughs) he is that (laughs) whole Yeah. An unbridgeable. It's like, you can't even talk about how impossible it is because that's how impossible it is. Um, And, and that, you know, Part of what we're given in grace, uh, we we aren't just given grace in this sort of nebulous, you know, feel good. Oh, God's grace. He helps me by making me feel strong or whatever. But he gives us, because we are very fickle and we are also finite and we're also uh, physical beings that interact Mm. with the physical world. He gives us the means of grace, his word written the sacraments, the, the just the um, the fellowship and communion of saints yeah. as it is, um, which are all uh, not just you know connected to, but they are you, you you. This might be a little controversial. You can't have those things. You can't access the means of grace without the church. We. Are able to participate in the life of God through the sacraments, through com- communion with the, with, with the, our fellow uh, believers, um, and and through spiritual growth as we get to know Him more, and we're taught um, through through the Word and, and Bible studies and all that kind of stuff. And these are all located in the church because the church is the one um, in, in the invisible sense. In the in the visible sense, the church, because we are members of the church, um, any individual christian is not actually an individual christian they're just an individual representative of the church Um, the church is the one that proclaims christ's death until he returns the church dispenses the sacraments teaches the word cares for souls cares for the community witnesses through you know externally in terms of how she interacts with the with the community and the world around her Um, the witnesses by proclaiming the, you know the 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 gospel message to others and also internally taking care of um the needs of the body in the midst you know the 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 deacons were were selected in order to meet the needs of the poor in the the early church in, in acts um and that's not something that just because we're, you know, in an advanced modern society, that's still there are needs. Maybe they're not financial. Maybe it's not food, but the body comes together and cares for each other. And this is all a part of holiness. It's a part of right. sanctification. Um, and the 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 way that we are made holy is by being, by, by living into, by by being... Part of the life of the church, um, at the local level and the global level, the the immediate, right around me level, and also the the, the sort of mystical eternal level that that we don't see right now, but but we hope mm. for and we believe in and, and we 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 read about in the word, um. And it, you know, this is something that over the last few years in my in my spiritual journey is, has really. Grown and 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 we'll definitely get into some more uh, with some other topics related to sanctification that we're going to talk about in the near future. But it's really it's really you know flipped my understanding upside down of of, of mm. what church is, of what church means, of what you know the Christian life looks like and means, um, <laughs> right. because the church is the church, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ is the only place that we can encounter Christ, and that's not diminishing uh the the power and the ministry of of the spirit the importance of my personal relationship with with god in the spirit um my personal study and devotion uh in the word and in prayer um it's not diminishing any of that what i what i'm trying to do is is recall something that in my personal upbringing and tradition was often inadvertently lost. I don't believe it was malicious or intentional, um, but the the fact that that's only half if that, that's only one piece of what we're taught and told and called to um, because there is no such thing as an isolated Christian mm. because the church, the body of Christ, is the fullness of him who fills all in all. Right. And I don't know about you, but I... Want to be near to, a part of, involved with anything that is the
0: fullness of Christ, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> well, I think yeah, I think you've hit on some really good points, and I, I I just sort of thought that it'd be helpful, maybe as points of application. So, like you know, we've said a lot here. We've said a lot of very um, maybe deep and profound and theological ideas. Um, but like to bring it home to like this is yeah. like real life today and, and you know the year 2020 or whatever. Um, I think you've hit on those points perfectly. So, if you if we're if we're talking about sanctification more broadly, so the the, the process of growing, of, of maturing in our faith, um, a big part of that is holiness, first of all, recognizing God's transcendence and his mm-hmm. holiness, being in awe, being, um, you know we are adoring him. Yep. Um, and then that, that continues. So as we, as we think about that, so when, when we become a believer, um, there's a lot that happens, but a big part of it is, um, in being holy and being set apart, like you've said, is like, there is no such thing as like a Christian in his closet by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sure in, in the world, there are places where being a Christian, it's, you know, against the law, you're in a hostile environment. So there are times where you do have to be secretive, but even still you, you, Should you ought to have a gathering that you're meeting with, even if it's just a handful of people, Um, but like especially in our 21st century American culture, uh, I think we sort of we sort of have this low view often of church Mm -hmm. and what it is, Um, and a big part of that I think as great as media is, and obviously like we love media, we're recording a podcast, we're talking (laughs) on cell phones. Um, I think our media saturated culture. Um, has magnified certain personalities, certain mm, churches, right, certain yeah. worship bands. and so we've've we've, we've, we've um, inadvertently miscommunicated what it means to be a Christian, right? Um, we say that what church is is like well, you hear someone give a sermon, you sing a couple of songs, you go home. sometimes maybe you eat a little bit of bread, drink a little bit of juice. It's kind of like your snack, your goldfish and <laughs> <Yeah>. milk. <laughs> um, but like, like I'm thinking of my own experience and those I, of friends I know I have around me right now. Um, like I, I like people think that I, I can stay home every single right. Sunday in my pajamas. I can you know watch the live stream, um, maybe read my Bible for a, a little bit in the morning, go the rest of my day, and I'm like I'm, I had my church. Right, um, I mean literally there's a, it's, there's a church called the like Church Home. Um, it's like, I can't remember who the pastor is that started it, but it's literally like they, they advertise it as like a digital church. Like they have like a digital lobby where you can like say hi and greet each other before going into the service, which is like, you know, you hear the music, you hear the sermon and then, you know, it's done. That is um, absolutely wild. It's, it's, <laughs> I have not heard I know. That. And it's, no, no, no. Yeah, it's like in California, I think. Of course. But it's like, so that's completely, completely different from the model that we have, not only in the new Testament. Yeah. Um, but two thousand years yeah. of, of church history and what it meant to gather as the saints, and even to, going back into um, to before that in Israel. Well, right, right. Still gathering in the temple, even in the, the tabernacle. Garden. Right, yeah. We were meant. We were made for fellowship. We were made for relationship, not just with God, obviously, but one another. Adam right. and Eve, um, and that was meant to be grown. Yeah. And so when we think about our our lives as as Christians today you know, there's a lot that goes into it, which is why we're talking about sanctification. We're talking about what it looks like to grow as a believer. Um, and so with, with holiness, it is that recognition of like, we are not God. Um, and that's, I think one thing I just want to say, um, in, in that message that I gave at youth group the other day, you know, we Mm -hmm. were talking about, um, sovereignty. We were talking about providence and like God's care over us. Like I, I, I made the point that like, God's providence so his his fatherly care for you the way that he provides the way that he works all things together for our good Um, like god's providence has not left you from the moment that you were conceived Mm -hmm. Like so from the moment of your birth Whether you I mean whether you were raised in a christian family or not, it does not matter god's providence was with you You were you know, you didn't face complications. You didn't have like three days to live Um, And maybe you did, but like you lived past that. Like, But either way, like if you're living right now, God's hand has been with you every step of the way. Um, And like, is there any greater example of that reality than like the the act of sleeping? And so (laughs) I made the point that like, you know, we sleep as humans on average, obviously there's, you know, discrepancies, but most people sleep about eight hours a night, Mm -hmm. which is, if you think about it, a third of your life. There's 24 hours (laughs) in a day, eight hours of a day, you're sleeping, you're unconscious. And like during that time, You are completely defenseless and helpless. Like anything could happen to you. So like is there not any greater reality that like God providentially cares for you in your sleep? But at the same time, and this is why I brought this up, is there any greater reality to show you that you are not God? You are not all-powerful. You are not all-knowing. You do not hold the universe in your hand because you have to sleep. You have to like – your body gets to a point where it can no longer function. You have to shut down and like rest – And it's a different kind of rest than the kind of rest that, like, you know, God rested on the seventh day. Um, And so that, that, again, recognizing that we are not God. We are not in control of our lives. Even if we think we are, we can't even go to the grocery store without something coming up that, like, we did not foresee. So, like, we are not God. We are not holy in and of ourselves. And recognizing that is sort of, like, one of those first steps Uh, on that road so to speak of sanctification of being uh, a believer becoming more like jesus and that's ultimately what it means to be holy like god is holy we're becoming more like jesus in in our lives over the course of you know however long god providentially allows us to be here Um, so that's kind of what i wanted to say and i I thought it also might be helpful i know we didn't actually talk about this um before recording but i thought it might be kind of interesting if you had any um, do you have any book recommendations? Because um, I have two book recommendations. Like if someone was wanting to read more uh, about holiness mm-hmm. outside of just um, what you, what we find in scripture, I thought I'd give my two. And then if you had any, you, you're more than welcome to add them. Um, but my first one was one I already mentioned. It's um, The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. Uh, it's actually a pretty short book and it's written like not in a highly academic way. Like this book is written for um, the lay person to come into profound um, contact with God's holiness. It's only like 200 pages. um, So that's a really good example of a a modern day book on holiness. Another one that I really like, and it's really short, but it's a little bit older. It's by a a pastor named J.C. Ryle. Um, Side note, why do all theologians go by their first (laughs) two initials and their last name? R.C. Sproul, J.C. Ryle. Um, but uh, J.C. Ryle has a book just called Holiness, um, and it's a really good book on, um, you know, the Christian pursuit of, you know, being sanctified, of being more made more like Christ. Mm-hmm. So those are my two examples for anyone who is interested. Do you, did you have any or? Yeah, no. That, you even that's a
1: that's a really good question. Um, and honestly, I, I I don't know that I have like a really. Uh, I mean, I have a I have so I do have two. I you know they're not about holiness um so much as i i there are books that i just recently read that i think um reveal something about god's holiness in terms of uh, his relationship with us and that is uh, on the incarnation by saint athanasius and on the unity of christ by saint Cyril of alexandria are are two books about about christology obviously you know the incarnation and um the the nature of that incarnation Athanasius was was um writing sort of a it's it's really interesting it's it's sort of like a explanation and defense i guess of what the incarnation is what happened in it and why it happened so it starts with you know the fall and, and what man was made for and what happened to man and then the the way that god determined to address that issue via the incarnation and it goes into sort of what that does for us and then um and then it goes it he raises some objections from from jews and also from greeks um and sort of refutes those so it's it's a really it's 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 short the edition i have is only like 80 something pages i think um and it's a really good book um especially if you're interested in getting into uh, patristic theology or just reading being exposed to church fathers at all um, and the, the reason I bring it up is that um, it it gets at the holiness of God in light of our sin and the need to do something about our sin not just leave us you know just ignore our sin um, but also it reveals the way that God loves us and that he didn't he didn't just leave us to destroy ourselves he as a holy God who, who needed to do something about our sin, he, in his love, did not just, not just did something, but did something incredible. Um, something that St. Cyril calls impossible, which is the incarnation. And then, so that's a good segue. And then my other book would be On the Unity of Christ by St. Cyril of Alexandria. He is writing against um, Nestorianism. Um, he, he's giving... Basically, an expl- explanation of the how the divine and, and human natures of Christ um, are united in, in in a orthodox way um, versus Nestorius's heretical teachings. Um, we can get into that later. But um, <laughs> again, we again, we see in this book the reason I bring it up. Just the the way. That a little less clearly, I, I would say, than in Athanasius on the Incarnation. But um, in talking about the Incarnation, in talking about the the Person of Christ and His natures as God and Man, um, you you can't help but just witness God's holiness in action, um, which is always because God is love. It, 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 you also always see His love in in trying to save us or in saving us um so i think it that is a little less directly relevant to the question of like oh i want to i want to know more about holiness um but they're they're the first two books they're the most the two most recent books i've read and and the first two that come Mm. to my mind um just in general but also i think that um if you if you if you look for it you're gonna pick up on the holiness of god because and of christ because that's that's who they are. That's who he is. You know, Mm. Um, he's holy. (laughs) And um, so I I think that um, those books are well worth reading for a variety of reasons. Um, But I think that they do have something to to give in in that particular area as well.
0: Very cool. Well, I think we'll begin to wrap it up. And I, I felt like, you know, we, we close every episode with a prayer. We alternate between you reading the book of common prayer, me reading, um the valley of vision but before you read your prayer i just wanted to read uh, ephesians one mm. um just part of it it's just a couple verses because i think it's it helps us get to this idea of we cannot attain holiness in ourselves we know that god is the one who is holy and so this is first or sorry this is ephesians did i say that did i say ephesians yeah you or did I say something else you said ephesians. okay okay <laughs> ephesians chapter one starting in verse three it says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And so all the spiritual blessings that we have, any sort of good, um, any holiness that we can attain, it all is given to us freely, something we do not merit, um, And it's been this way since before the foundation of the world that he, that we should be holy, Mm -hmm. that we should be set apart and be blameless before him. So I think that's a good um, reminder from scripture from Paul. And as as you go into your prayer. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, So the prayer I'm going to read, it's called um, a prayer for, for holy thought. Oh, so uh, (laughs) it's, it's topical because you know,
0: there you go. Yeah.
1: All right. Oh God, without whose beauty and goodness, our souls are unfed without whose truth our reason withers. Consecrate our lives to your will, giving us such purity of heart, such depth of faith, and such steadfastness of purpose, that in time we may come to think your own thoughts after you, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much for listening, if you've made it this far, and uh, thank you for... Uh, being here as well Jensen um, and mm-hmm. if you the listener would like to connect with us you can hit us up on twitter at Doxology Podcast, or you can email us e- did I say that right email us at doxologypodcast yep. at gmail.com and um, you can use either of those venues for feedback questions episode ideas really anything you want to insult us uh, you know mm. maybe yes. maybe think of something better to do with your time but you know there you go uh no matter what we'd love to hear from you um thanks again for listening and uh god bless and have a